Coming to you from the FlexFox Fantasy Federation's World Broadcasting Headquarters in Ottawa, this is The Weekly Show. I'm your host, Nick the Man Penner, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, WizKid Jeremiah Johnson. And as a special guest, this is the finals preview episode of the uh, the Weekly Show. So who better to bring on than our two league finalists? That's right, in the house we have both Mr. FlexFox and Mr. Cam McInnes. How's it going, everyone? All right. Okay. I'm amongst greatness right now. I don't know what to do. I've never heard Jeremiah describe me as greatness. He's talking about me. He idolizes me because I'm a year ahead of him in academia. It's true. He's where I want to be. Uh, This is where we all want to be recording this great episode of the podcast. Uh, obviously, having you two on spoils the results of the matchups a little bit, but uh, obviously we were all glued uh, with rapt attention to the goings-on today. Uh, an incredibly exciting pair of semifinal matchups, but now we can look forward to the final, uh, knowing who is going to be in it, uh, and give you guys a little bit of a chance to talk about how you're feeling, and maybe do a little trash talking too if you like. I mean, I don't really have much trash to talk about, Cam. I feel like it's going to be a very close matchup. And I, this is like one of the few times this year where, or in any year, where I'm not like confident enough to straight up say that I'm going to win by a large margin. I think everyone understands that our league has a cast system. And Adam is at the very top of the cast, or I should say Flex is at the very top. So I understand that losing to my social better would be an honor. So that's what I hope happens. I can fuck I mean, with that. I was expecting some hazing to be going on, but instead we're getting some praising. Uh, that's all right, though. Uh, love this wholesome, very friendly attitude towards our final matchup. It's kind of difficult to be enemies when you've lived together for five years. You yeah, kind of get all and of we're the rumored to be lovers as well by Varun. You kind of get all of the hatred out of the way early in the process. Uh, well, speaking of getting hatred out of the way early in the process, uh, let's just jump into the semifinal matchups. Obviously, uh, two very competitive ones. Uh, we had Cam versus Aiden and Flex versus Jamil. Uh, we'll just go, uh, I guess, first to Cam. Cam, uh, your matchup with Aiden was a, a real back-and-forth struggle. It looked at one point like you might be down and out, but you made an incredible comeback over the weekend uh, with Aiden uh, maybe choking a little bit there at the end, not being able to put up uh, many points. But you, in fact, were the winner, putting up 235.2 to 221.1 for Aiden. How does it feel? I feel kind of underwhelmed, like... I'm not really surprised that I won because I don't really think Aiden really deserved to be in the semifinals. Like, his team just not that good. And, like, I was down for most of the week, but I also just, like, didn't have any starters until, like, Thursday or Friday. And I had, like, seven guys go yesterday. So I'm, like, as much as, like, Matt Andres tried to tried to ruin my matchup, I, I'm just not that surprised that I won because I had a ton of starts and, like, my bullpen was always going to show up. Like, they hadn't pitched very much coming into today. So I figured like a bunch of them were due to just have an appearance, and that largely bared out. Was there a moment when you questioned your ability to win? Did you think you were going to lose? 
Not to Aiden. This is like mad disrespect, but I 100% agree with all of this. I mean, I remember I was looking at the matchup and I was like kind of stunned that you were losing. And then I looked at like your starts for the rest of the weekend and I was like, oh, he has like a bunch of people lined up Saturday. He's going to win. So, I mean, I think after yesterday, like today could have gone either way. Um, it, <clears throat> you really didn't know how um, the offenses and the bullpens are going to perform. Uh, and obviously, can't manage to come out on top of that. Like, this is a bit of a gambler's fallacy way of thinking, but, like, a lot of Aiden's points came from his offense, but, like, your offense can kind of cut both ways. Like, you can lose a lot of points in a day. Like, today, he was about... I think he actually has negatives on the day, but, like, a lot of his guys had, like, offers with some strikeouts, whereas unless something goes wrong, like, the majority of the time, your bullpen guys are going to score points. And, like... My bullpen just a lot better, and my guys get used a lot more. So I figured I would like do pretty well today. Mm. But I mean, the flip side of that is, were you worried about your offense because you only had two hitters in double digits? You had Curtis Granderson losing you points on the week. Like, was that a little bit nerve wracking at all? I'm. Uh, this is the way you've run your team all year. But in crunch time, you would have hoped they would have been performing better than this. I mean, the bullpen is here for a reason, right? Like. Hitters are inherently going to be kind of, like, unreliable. But I trusted the bullpen, and, like, this is why I don't have a catcher, because they'd probably just be losing me points. So, I don't know. I, like, I kind of expected this outcome, and if I had done better, I would have scored more points. But it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, I second that. Um, Last year, the reason why I had such a horrible playoffs was because my offense just all of a sudden went cold. Um, and this year I went all in on pitching and now I'm here because just because of what Cam said, you know, that offenses are more cyclical than pitching. Pitching is usually more consistent. So, uh, for Aiden, I know that that was a a little bit of disrespect for him there at the start, but he did have a good season to get this far. I don't think anybody expected him to. And, I mean, he has a a lot to hang his hat on hanging with you in this matchup until the end. I mean, his team definitely performed better than they should have on paper. Like, I just think that, like, if you look at Aiden's team, and we're all kind of bashing him here, like, the sustainability of what he's doing next year, like, I don't think it's there. Like, I don't know what you guys think. But, like, is Tommy Pham going to play at, like, an MVP caliber level next year? Like, I just, I don't think the way his team's constructed that this, he could have got a better result out of the matchup. Jeremiah was right about the Adrian Beltre trade. I agree. (laughs) I obviously agree, but. I mean, I don't know. In in hindsight, I think that. The Adrian Beltre trade was, it was worth it for Aiden to take that shot. Obviously, he didn't know that he was going to go down in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and maybe if he had Adrian Beltre this week, it would have made a difference. Maybe not. We'll never know. But obviously, this was a season where Aiden was able to get pretty far. Uh, so, I mean, when you have those opportunities, you have to take a shot. You know, you can't let that pass you by. He was kind of fortunate. Like, I think he still would have made the playoffs either way. But the fact that Ash, like, kind of randomly decided to give up at the trade deadline, like, really took, like, a big obstacle out of his way. 
Because Ash, like at the at that time, was basically tied with him and could have taken that playoff spot. Yeah, yeah, and like, I mean, Ryan was like so ice cold when Aiden faced him too. Like, I don't think we've seen Ryan's team perform worse than it has the last few weeks too, right? Like, obviously. Well, Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, obviously, that's part of the equation for the playoffs, right? Teams perform well, teams don't. But like, most people had Ryan, I think, winning the matchup. Well, I can say this as somebody who didn't have Ryan winning. In fact, I had Aiden going all the way to the finals. Um, you know, just because Aiden beat Ryan while he was cold doesn't mean that, like, that doesn't take anything away from the win. For me, like, Aiden. Yes, Ryan was cold, but Aiden was also going to the playoffs pretty hot. Uh, and Cam, you are also a team people were talking about uh, and describing as cold going into the playoffs. But obviously you've won your first two matchups now, so do you feel the, the team is at an appropriate temperature for you? Well, I mean, I wasn't really cold going into the playoffs as much as I was like really busy with school stuff and I like had I knew where I was gonna finish so I just didn't care. So like I had a really awful point total in the last week of the regular season. But I also like I had three starters going on Sunday, which I managed to leave on my bench. And I still would have lost to Ash, but it would have been less of a disaster. Are so, you I saying mean, that we should fine you for tanking? I mean I, I my apathy was within the the bounds of the rules. I just like got really, really busy, and it just wasn't worth it to, like, micromanage my team at that point. Mm. Uh, well, clearly, uh, you as an active manager has paid off. You are, in fact, the toughest customer, having won the conference. Uh, so as a, a fellow competitor there, I, I tip my hat to you. Uh, but we can uh, now flip over to the other semifinal matchup, that being the one between Flex Fox and Jamil. Uh, another one that was very close, uh, practically tied going into today. Both teams had led at various points and had looked like they'd got it locked up. But in the end, it was a huge Sunday for Flex uh, that got the job done uh, and put him up for good. Uh, 294.7 to 267.5. Flex, my man, tell me tell me how you're feeling. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I got a lot of respect for Jamil, not just because... He's a fellow Neil brother, but, uh, you know, coming into this matchup and for this whole season, really, I was never afraid of Jamil. Uh, I think I might have only played him once or twice in the regular season, but I was never afraid of him then. And certainly coming into this week, I wasn't afraid of him. Uh, I was pretty cocky, actually, that I was going to beat him. But then he quickly turned the script on that and had me believing most of this week that I wasn't going to be able to come back. Um, it wasn't until today, really, that I had any self-belief. So uh, it was a lot of good luck, I think, just continuing my hot streak. My pitcher's 214.5 points. I mean, I don't think you can ask for much better than that, even though I got better than that last week. So hopefully this continues on for me into the finals. Well, and speaking of pitching, I mean, it was really a, a tale of 
opposites here where you had two streamers in uh lively and chatwood who both did great for you you got strasburg coming in for the second start somewhat unexpectedly whereas bartolo cologne stank up the joint for jameel uh and it was rich hill who uh did not do so well on that side so i mean in a in a lot of ways pitching was the difference for you very directly today yeah no doubt and i mean i always expected strasburg to be starting today if he wasn't, then I would have definitely been screwed. <laughs> um, and as far as the streamers go, again, that's just good luck. I mean, when he picked up Bartolo Colon, I sent him. A, I literally sent him a message, and I'm like, "Well, that's the nail in my coffin," you know, um, because Colon had been pretty consistent the past couple starts, and the guys I were picking up were not people that I trusted at all. But uh, it ended up working out for me, so. Bartolo Colon, along with Ubaldo Jimenez, are like a really rare, difficult to train Pokemon. Like, if you don't have the skill to deploy them at the right time, it'll backfire and you'll lose. But I mean, you shouldn't be afraid <laughs> of like starting a... him against Kansas City, should you? You got to know. It's then some people just don't have the the Cologne sense, you know. <laughs> in, in like a weird way, though, like Flex's team point wise is a lot like Cam's team, like. Pitching heavy, kind of just like tossing the offense. Whatever happens, happens. Like he's running Mike Matuk out there. Like he doesn't give a shit. Okay, you you can shit on Mikey Matuk all you want. Mikey Matuk in the past like month has put up an incredible number of points for me. Like that that's fine, but like you can't disagree with me that like pitching is what won you the matchup. Pitching is predominantly where you got your points. Yeah, no doubt. I mean. I already touched on this sort of in the last matchup analysis, but last season my team fell apart because my hitters were cold and I didn't have enough good starts. So I loaded up my team with starters this year. I have six top 50 starters, and that's definitely why I've gotten as far as I've gotten because, I mean, my hitting has been very volatile. At times it's been lights out, and at other times it's been one of the worst in the league. Uh, So... I mean, I, 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 I definitely see your comparison. Um, obviously, I'm not as extreme as Cam. I have a lot more invested in my offense than he does. But uh, it's definitely valid to some degree. Uh, I do have to ask you, though, the same question I asked Cam, which is, was there a point in this matchup you thought you were going to lose? I mean, I already told you for like the entire week, I thought that I was going to lose. I didn't think that I had any chance of coming back. Um, Somehow I managed to tie it up on Saturday. And then even then I was still nervous that Jamil was going to take it. So for most of the week, I, at the beginning, very beginning of the week, I was very confident. But for most of the rest of the week, I was not confident at all. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not sure how much more there is to say. Obviously, uh, thoughts go out to our co-host, Jamil. It's uh, never tough to lose, especially in this fashion. So, uh, real bummer for him. But uh, maybe, unlike Aiden, he has the possibility of coming back strong next year? Uh, I'd like to point out, just uh, it's impressive that Adam managed to beat the owner who emerged from the quote-unquote toughest division in the league. Uh being the closest division does not make it the toughest. Like, 
The the analogy I really like for Jamil's division is like the 2010 NFC West when the Seahawks made the playoffs at seven and nine, and uh, nobody would describe them as it, it's not the toughest division. It's the worst division. Okay, let's okay, be honest. Okay. It was the toughest. I, I think our division all, was the worst. They all the battered worst. themselves down, so Jamil was just really weak by the time he got to the playoffs. I I think our division, Nick, is actually the worst, and I don't think it's particularly close. So who's in your division? Uh, uh, it's me, my uh, Nick, Jatish, uh, your dad, and okay, yeah, me. yours is definitely the worst. But I would agree I with Cam. The Cams was the best. Jatish goes hard though. Yeah, in Europa. I don't know. Like all, all of the divisions this year were very even. I was really happy with the parity compared to last year. The league managers really do a good job. I second that. I think we should get a raise. Uh, I would also point out that uh, the 2010 Seahawks did win unexpectedly in the first round of the playoffs, too. So uh, maybe that's a a more apt analogy than you might think. And then they lost to the fucking Bears. That makes Adam (laughs) the Bears. (laughs) I don't like this analogy anymore. Why? You can be Jay uh, well, that That's not... How is that supposed to make me like the analogy anymore? He's not He's not Cutler. He's Brian Urlacher. He's Brian Urlacher with hair now. <laughs> Wouldn't it make me more like Mark Trestman? Ooh. That'd be okay. Well, regardless of who flexes, uh, I think it's safe to say that these have been thoroughly entertaining semifinal matchups. Some top stuff. Uh, Obviously, we're going to preview the finals in a minute here. But first, we can go through some of the other goings-on in the league from the past week. Uh, And let's just bump down right quick to the Europa semifinals. Uh, We got a pair of good ones. And I guess we'll just start by giving me some humble pie, uh, because I was facing off in one semifinal of the Europa against Jathish, uh, and this one, unlike those championship semifinals, was not particularly close, as Jathish won 337.7 to 208.6 for me. Uh, Jathish is so hot right now. I mean, (laughs) Jathish is just a really good owner. Like, people... I think really misunderstood what he was doing for most of this year and his like attempt to reload for next year. But now that he actually has a bullpen, like his team's pretty scary. Like I think it's reasonable to assume that Jatish will be like a championship contender next year. Cause that's like definitely what he's been trying to do. And I think the community shield when Jatish undoubtedly wins the Europa, regardless of which one of Adam or I wins the final will be very entertaining next year. I, I think championship contender might be a bit strong, but I mean, I guess it's not unrealistic. Like, I guess we'll see how his keeper situation goes. I don't know what his draft picks are like, but he has a bullpen now, but like, will he have one next year if his draft picks aren't great? And depending on his keepers, what he does, but. Jatish doesn't need draft picks to build a bullpen. Like every year he finds like lots of good relievers who like the rest of us have never heard of that. Jatish just discovers playing out of the park. I mean, full credit to Jathish. Uh, obviously, respect. Uh, very impressed with his win this week. But if his championship aspirations for next season rely on him getting 54 points a week from goddamn Robbie Ray, 
Uh, not sure how how much I can buy into that. Like it's impressive what he's done uh, on sort of a shoestrings and bolts diet, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go so far as to prognosticate great success in his future. Yo, Robbie Ray has been great, great man. this season. Yeah, I don't and like now that the Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks actually play defense behind him, so like that makes him even like crazier. Like this, like his his stats are good. Like he has a 3.6 FIP. And, like, the amount of strikeouts is just, like, so crazy. Like, Robbie Ray could be a top 20 pitcher. In fact, he probably is. And, I mean, he's had... Jathish has, like, Miguel Sano, too, who's been injured for a while. So, like, we're kind of forgetting that. But you notice, like, these really good teams, Cam, Jathish, Flex, all these teams we're talking about, don't run catchers all the time. Because, clearly, catcher is, like, not a worthwhile position. I mean, catcher is worthwhile if you have... A really good catcher but it's also hard to get that you know yeah it's probably overvalued like if you're trying to acquire one it's going to be really expensive and most of the season i rolled evan gaddis well first i rolled jonathan lucroy but he's bad jonathan <clears throat> lucroy rolled you yeah i don't know why jamil still had him on his roster to be honest but um yeah most of the season i had a catcher it was only, like, this past week, Evan Gaddis went on the DL and I dropped him. I think if you can have, like, a top 10 catcher, then it's probably worthwhile. I don't know about top 10. Like, I'm just trying to think. I had a, a rule for this. I think I wanted a catcher who would score a little bit over 200 points, because I figured that's about what the extra reliever would be worth. So, like, for me, it wasn't so much, like, top 5, top 10. It's just, like, if they reach a certain threshold. Because, like, a lot of people in our league are really concerned with having, like, a balanced team. But it's not about having a balanced team. It's about points, right? Like, if I have three hitters and they all score, like, 800 points in a year, then I just don't need anything else from my offense, because they that's my offense, right? Like, Like, obviously, that's an extreme example. That would never happen, but... Like, that's the point, right? You can... It doesn't matter where your points come from. Just get points. I mean, it's tough to burn you on this one when you're in the the finals, and I'm not. But you are the guy that almost did just lose to Aiden because you didn't have an offense. Yeah, I have most of an offense, though. Like, it's not that I... The two empty spots aren't the problem. The problem is that the guys I did have did not have a good week. Yeah, and so if you had more guys, more of them would have had good weeks. No, but That's they, they could have. True. The other people could have also had bad weeks. You know, like anything can happen in any given week. One yeah, week yeah. isn't I an mean, indicator of how good a team is. I think if we look at the consistency of what Cam has done throughout the course of the year, it's hard to argue with his strategy. And I mean, sure, Alex Wood, etc., had bad weeks, but like any team is susceptible to a bad week, like you guys are saying. I would also argue, like, my strategy is the way it is because my team wasn't that good at the start of this year. Like, if you asked me to build a perfect team, it would be with a catcher and a shortstop. It's just that, like, I didn't have the resources to get a good one, and the prices were, like, so prohibitive that it's just easier to pick up, like, the Chris Roosens of the world and use them instead of, like, a mediocre catcher. But if I was, like, like long-term, I don't want to do this. It's not an ideal strategy.
Yeah. Uh, not sure what else more to say about that. Uh, got a little off topic there, but obviously, uh, Jathish rules, I drool, uh, whatever, life happens. Uh, but we can jump over to the other semifinal now uh, between Jeffrey Chow and Ash Sebastian, uh, league champion versus the Moneyballers. Uh, and it was a, a bit of a defensive struggle, this one. But it was indeed Chow winning out in the end, 194.9 to 188.7. Uh, what do you guys think about Chow's chances uh, going forward? He managed to beat Ashley's top-of-the-league defense, right? So that that's a good sign. <laughs> How many people do you think are going to get that joke? I mean, if they read your Slack thing, like... How many people do you think read it? Probably just you and me. Do you remember what channel that was in? I, I, should, I think it was... I think it was content, actually. But I could be wrong. Yeah, I actually thought Jeffrey was going to lose. So I think it's kind of interesting that, just kind of looking ahead here, um, Jeffrey and I could both, in theory, end up in the Community Shield again next year. But mm. In reverse spots. Yes, and then I'd probably lose to him. But yeah, like I think like Jeffrey's team is a lot better than Ashley's, so I'm not... Really surprised that he won, although it was kind of close. So what uh, Cam was referring to earlier is that Ash this season broke his own record for fewest points against relative to the average point score in that season. Uh, so the previous record was 12%, which was 2015. And this year he had 13.05% less than the average score scored against him. And he managed to somehow miss the playoffs in both seasons, never finishing higher than 12th overall. Only one other team in history has recorded worse than 10%. Damn. So just yeah, like, I, yeah. hard to wrap your head around that stat. Well, when you don't put up a lot of points, it doesn't really matter how many you give up, right? I mean, the funny thing is that... Ash and I both started rebuilding at the same time, basically. And we've taken drastically different paths since then. Is, is he rebuilding now? Like, I know he traded for a bunch of prospects, but I'm not really clear what he's doing next year. I don't think his rebuild has I think he's rebuilding. I, I think he is rebuilding. Like, I think he's looking to get younger, and then he's going to sort through his keepers here, and then call up prospects and and then come close to making the playoffs and then look to get younger again yeah i mean everyone who isn't flex and cam is rebuilding to a certain extent it's just a question of what he's actually going to do in the offseason well i mean ash's team since he blew it up in 2012 has always been based around prospects and young players and he i don't know somehow to this point has not made the playoffs. So, I mean, I don't know. Is it, can you really defend that anymore, you know? I'm sure in the offseason, he's just going to trade Arenado to Ryan for a bunch of prospects. I, I don't think he'd trade Arenado or Sanchez, personally. I think those are two guys he pretty much will keep no matter what. But that's just me. If he does want to deal Arenado, he should call me instead of Brian. 
I would like to thank Ashley for taking Anthony Desclafani off my hands this year. He's been a, a, a real MVP with his zero starts. <laughs> to get back to the original topic, though, um, I think Jeffrey Chow has a chance against Jatish next week. Uh, I think that both of them will sort of normalize a little bit back towards the middle. Obviously, Jeffrey Chow didn't have a very good week this week. But uh, I think he's shown this season that he is one of the top teams in the league, despite not making the playoffs. Um, you just have to look at his points total. I think he was like the fourth or fifth highest scoring team in the league. So I definitely expect him to at least challenge Jatish this week. I completely disagree. I think Jatish will crush him by over 100 points. I think Jatish will be too busy eating mix. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not that confident this hundred point thing, but I do think Jatish has got to be the favorite heading in, just based on the point totals he's been putting up lately. So, and the fact that Chow's hurt too. He's like Donaldson's kind of. He's missing a couple games. Uh, Fowler. I don't know. He's, he's got some injuries. Arietta. So I'll go Jatish. Yeah. One thing that I kind of want to talk about real quick, like we try to avoid this the way we do our league schedule, like our league ends earlier than a lot of other leagues. But like the reason for this is the Blue Jays are out of the playoffs, right? Like we can all accept this. So like the Blue Jays have no reason not to be like, hey, let's start Richard Urena instead of Josh Donaldson today. And it can kind of screw you up if you're counting on Donaldson all year, because like there's just no reason for the Jays to use him if he's hurt, because they're just like not going to make the playoffs. And it, that may start being a factor in some of these games, but I mean, we again, we did try our best to avoid that. Yeah, I mean, we, short of like eliminating some of the regular season, what more can you guys do, right? Yeah, and like, not if it was much shorter than nineteen, like it would just be too short. So, them's the breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, frankly, I think it's a good balance where you still have, you know, a guys mostly playing competitively, but you also have some September call-ups that you can use if they were in your minor leagues. Uh, So those were the Europa games that count, but we can uh, look now at the the Europa sort of exhibition consolation game. Should we go to the Vaz Uh, first? Oh, no, people want to hear about the Vaz, so they have to listen to this first. You gotta eat the cupcake before you get the icing. Uh, in the Battle of the Garth, the Garth Bowl, uh, McInnes v. Newton, uh, it was McInnes who came out on top uh, pretty handedly, 229.3 to 183.6. Uh, Garth McInnes, truly the better Garth for another year. I don't know about that. I think that Garth Newton just wasn't trying. I have no respect for Garth McInnes. I hope he listens to this podcast. Uh, he, my mom told him that he wasn't allowed to win Europa because if he won like any kind of trophy, she was going to throw it out. Ouch. Why? It, it messes up the decor, man. You gotta, you gotta have your feng shui. What does your mom have against our fantasy league? She is not a fan of mediocrity. <laughs> your, your mom should take over your dad's team next year. 
Uh, she she won a football pool once and then retired forever from fantasy after humiliating Varun Desai in <laughs> NFL knowledge. <laughs> Something that I think we can all approve of. Wow. Story time with Cam. This is great. Well, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I think we can all agree. Garth, McK- or Garth Newton should be better next year, right? Based on the players he's acquired this year. I mean, to be honest, I thought that Garth Newton was going to go like all the way to the Europa Finals. Uh, he, he impressed me late in the season. So, I mean, I don't know what's been going on in the playoffs, but I think that he has a, a, a chance to make the playoffs next year. He has a bright future. Yeah, like my dad's team is kind of inconsistent just because he's sort of low-key rebuilding. Like Blake Snell is like a really unreliable player at this point in his career. Like he still has potential, but like a lot of his weeks, he kind of gets a mix. And like one thing that happened to him is he kept like a lot of starters from last year and like a lot. He didn't have as much ability to stream as he probably should have. So like that kind of led to like inconsistent results. Funnily enough, while... Garth McInnes' team might have been inconsistent this year. I would argue that his team has been the most consistent team over the history of our league, considering his finishes, where he's always like in around 8, 9, 10 wins, but never good enough to make the playoffs. Despite the one season where he was actually really good and just had like really bad luck with the teams he played. It'll happen, happen one year. The Sandy Alcantara pickup, I very much approved of. Uh, yeah, not sure if there's anything else to say about that one. Uh, the other consolation match, uh, Richard Tillo versus Mike Kaminsky. Uh, Tillo uh, wins 256.1 to 157.7 for Mike Kaminsky, the Illuminati. Uh, obviously, neither of these guys really cared about this one, but I'm still embarrassed on behalf of Mike Kaminsky. Mike told me, so on Friday, me and Mike went to the Leafs rookie tournament, right? And we were talking about fantasy, and he told me that he thinks his team's going to be really good next year because, and I quote, the only hole on his team is at second base. Can you say that again? Mike Kaminsky told me that his team is going to be really good next season because the only hole on his team is at second base. Wow. Uh, yeah. Left field, Carlos Beltran. That's a good player. I mean, to be fair, he, he does have like a decent left field replacement, which is just on the DL. I mean, Jordy Mercer is an elite shortstop. Yeah. I mean, I, I all I'm going to say about Mike's team is this. When I look at teams to make sure they're roster compliant... Like, most people's teams, I check, like, once a week or so. Or if someone, like, lets me know, I- I'll-, I'll go look at their team. I literally look at Mike's team every day to make sure he's not breaking the rule. Fun fact, when we went to fine Mike for keeping an ineligible roster for way too long, um, we were going to fine him a 19th. Like, that's what we decided would be a fair first penalty. But Mike had no 19ths or any picks higher than that. Hence why we had to find him a 20th. 
So it will be interesting. Now that is a strategy. It'll be interesting to see what kind of depth he can get in next year's draft. I mean, like he's just not a good manager. Like, like he's good at building a good team, but then he gets like, like God forbid, he drop uh, Devin Mesereko, even though he's been like injured or terrible all year. And by the time he finally did it, like it was too late. And if you're gonna like, like if you're so scared of ever dropping a player that will become good, like you're just not gonna win. I, I don't know if he's scared of dropping a player because he's afraid he's going to get good. I think Mike Kaminsky's the kind of guy who's afraid of dropping a player because he thinks he could swindle somebody else with that player. So, like, he'll put Devin Mezzarocco in, like, every single trade offer possible because he thinks someone will give him value for that player. So, that, that's my take anyway. The man runs a business, so he hates seeing value go. He, he hates seeing value go out the door. That's, that's my take. I, I'm kind of curious about this boxing ring he has. Um, I also want to just make sure everyone does know this, that these consolation games do sort of matter insofar that... They determine your draft pick the, order. The better you do in the consolation games, the higher you will pick in the draft. And the better, although, the better Mike, odds you'll get in the minor league draft lottery. Although if you're Mike and you don't actually own any of your own picks, then maybe it is pointless. <laughs> I still don't know how you can accidentally buy a boxing ring for $200. Well, he'll have to come on the podcast sometime and give us the whole story, the whole background. Hopefully he does come on sometime Uh, this week. Speaking of pointless things, though, uh, I completely forgot about the pointless championship constellation matchups. Uh, so we're going to do those before we get to the Vaz. Uh, Chris Kennedy uh, beat RKR in the battle of the first-year owners, 280.7 to 236. Uh, does this mean that Chris Kennedy is a lock for new owner of the year? Um, no, it's going to be Richard Kelly because he his record was way better, and he had that ridiculous winning streak. I don't know. I think that Chris Kennedy has an argument for new owner of the year based on memes alone. Like, Richard Kelly won some games, but Chris Kennedy really uh, added to the league culture. Whereas Richard, Should we Richard have Kelly like a wasn't new... that involved in Slack. Should we have a new award for, like, best league personality? Because I would definitely give that to him. Is that really going to change very often, though? I don't know. I- I'm sure, like, Jeremiah could could grow as a person and Jeremiah and challenge is about him. to turn into Darth Vader if we're sticking with our Star Wars analogies like he's big, how does that not get personality he's Anakin now he's going to be a Sith Lord you can't think that he's going to win personality of the year like that I guess he redeems himself in episode 6 so three years from now maybe is a chance <laughs> I mean, I'm just happy with any personality I see. Like, I mean, no offense to RKR, but he's kind of bland overall. I, w- I want to see some more fire, good or bad, out of him. I have hope that he'll grow into somebody who is more active on Slack. Uh, obviously, it's not easy to come into a new league where you only know one person and like start talking to them like you're friends with them, right? Yeah. Well, we've talked about this before, like, people hit their stride in the second year, so I'm excited to see what's to come from him. Unless they're Nick, and they win the championship in the first year, and then just go downhill very slowly from there. 
<laughs> I will say, uh, in credit to Nick, I've been working on a lot of spreadsheets lately for like league stats, and I believe that Nick's franchise is the highest scoring franchise of all time after this season. Damn straight. That's pretty good. Like both Nick and Ryan, if you look at like the career numbers, like both Nick and Ryan have like really, really good like winning percentages. Like they don't have as many wins as other people because they just didn't play as many years. But like Jeremiah, uh, sorry, Jamil, Kaminsky, Chow, and myself are all pretty close for like historical like wins leaders. But like Nick and Ryan's like winning percentages just like blow us out of the water because they basically like never had bad seasons. Mm. Uh, I would also point out that I think podcasts only came in year three. So clearly my best days are still ahead of me. Fair enough. Uh, Jeremiah, you were involved in a matchup this week. I don't know if you were familiar with that or not. Uh, but you were playing Ryan and you beat him uh, 263 to 190.8. How does it feel to defeat a friend slash foe like Ryan? Not very good because it means nothing. So not very good. If it meant nothing, why did you get 13 starts? <laughs> because fuck Ryan. That's, it. I think that That's the only established over several years that Jeremiah's addicted to this league. I, I am. I really, I, I really loved how Jeremiah, had, I think he had six starts on Monday. Like, that was excellent. I, I, I really appreciated that strategy. But, like, I, I don't think Ryan was going to beat anyone this week. I mean, he would have be, beat, like, Kaminsky probably, but... Like his team is just like like a a dying animal. <laughs> like Jeremiah just like helped put him out of his misery. So I think that's the the humane action here. Like not to be to disrespect any or take away anything from what you two have accomplished, but I thought I had a lot of bad luck in our matchup two weeks ago or whatever. Like I had starts lined up for Sunday, like five of them, like in this kind of scenario, and like three of them disappeared on me over the course of the week. So something I've learned this year is don't pick up streamers in advance because you'll just lose out on their starts. They'll get like moved or hurt or whatever. So it's my lesson. Sal Romano, uh, in our matchups, you had Sal Romano for Sunday and his start got pushed back to Monday. So you didn't get to use him. And then Aiden had Sal Romano, I think going for him on Friday as part of his like maxing out day. And that start also got pushed back to Sunday. So, Adam, you really need to pick up Sal Romano. I mean, week. I already know that Sal Romano's allegiances are to Jatish. So, I'm not <laughs> going to pick up somebody who is going to clearly betray me. Yeah, that happened. Be, like, a- Aiden dropped Andres, and it was just a trap that I fell right into. But I feel like, like Cologne is one of my guys, so that might be an option if Jamil drops him. He did drop him. I All picked right. up uh, Pruitt, and he was one of your guys, and he went to the bullpen after giving a great start to you, so that was great. Pruitt, like, Jatish and I have joint custody. Yeah, Pruitt pissed me off. Anyway, great matchup, Ryan. We should do it again just for a title or something next year. Maybe. I think you got yourself a worse draft pick here, Jeremiah, but at least you got yourself more respect. I don't know any of really my matters. Picks, so Yeah, yeah, would... it's whatever. Whoever owns my picks, there you go. Just to clear things up, Jeremiah did improve his draft ranking. The better that you, no matter which bracket you're in, the better that you do, the higher the pick you're going to get. 
Oh, yeah, whatever. Well, it doesn't matter because he doesn't have any of his own picks, as he well, said. Well, it still matters for yep. minor league draft this season. Yeah, I'm going to get a lot of prospects. It's going to be great. I own nobody. And also, for the record, Sal Romano's nickname for Players Weekend was Big Sally, and I just want to throw that in there. Yeah, uh, if we could, I don't know if you guys talked about Players Weekend in the last podcast, but uh, it just cemented how much I hate Brett Gardner because he was complaining about having to have any last name because the Yankees obviously don't usually have last names. And then he went with Gardner because he has no personality and a very large head. He is a man of class and respect uh, and definitely the the kind of person you would want in an organization. I appreciate him. He's like definitely taking HGH. His head is growing. Like (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. Like, okay, but if Ruchan Odor had a nickname, it'd be fucking shit. Or stinky, or ass. Great one, Jeremiah. So <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Rick Gardner is clearly just living out his fantasies of the hit movie Mega Mind. I don't know why you would come after him like this. <laughs> I think I, I see him more as the boss baby. <laughs> boss baby was a great movie. 10 out of 10 Nick Penner recommendation. I can't believe that you actually saw that. Me, t- me either. Um, there's very little I won't see. I saw the Emoji movie opening night. God damn. You poor man. Uh, speaking of poor men, let's talk about the Vaz. <sighs> yeah. Uh, which, of course, means that before we talk to the the Vaz championship, or final, or whatever you call it, uh, there was the Vaz consolation. Between Wendy and Lim, uh, and Lim won, one fifty nine to one thirty two point nine. So good for him. Not very surprising. I do want to congratulate Wendy as the all time winningest owner of this trophy. I want to congratulate her on taking the reach for the bottom trophy. Uh, I'd like to point out that Jatish outscored these two teams combined, and if I was, I'm pretty sure Adam did as well. Um. Do either of these teams have a hope in hell of ever being good? Uh, there's a rumor that there's going to be a new owner of Pitches Love Velocity, and this new owner is very, very good at fantasy baseball. So I don't like it when you talk see. about yourself in the third person like that. So Wendy was just like a placeholder, or were we like sexist? We're definitely sexist. I mean, we already kicked out the one black owner that we had. So we got to treat women the same way, you know? That's fair. Uh, Wendy does tell me all the time about the time someone told her on Slack that she doesn't sound as Asian as they thought. I mean, to be honest, that was Uh, my first impression, too. I just didn't say it to her. I'm pretty sure you did say that to her. Oh, yeah. Maybe. (sighs) Who knows? (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't put it past myself <laughs> it, it was your first impression yeah and then every time after that that I tried to talk trades to her she just ignored me so that's fair Well, that's I, I definitely understand people refusing to trade with other people mm. Uh, okay, let's talk about this vase final. Uh, it was between Ian Stads, I guess, Stalman, friend of the show, and Wes, enemy of the show. Uh, and Ian won 246.6 to 191.6. Uh, 
His mission is complete. He does have the first overall draft pick in next year's draft. Uh, so are we ever going to get a Wesley better known owner? I would really like that. Wesley, uh, Wesley does have a really good mic, as I've seen on his Snapchat. You know, I have heard such good things about Wes and his mic, uh, but if he doesn't respond to my great trade offers, uh, I don't think I have a chance of getting him to offer me something for nothing. The only way to specifically his voice. get Wesley to respond to you, unless you are like in the inner circle, is on Snapchat. He responds immediately when you send him messages on Snapchat. Uh, I concur with this. Interesting. I mean, I've never been so desperate to trade nudes for players, but, you know, teach their own. Hmm. I'm uncomfortable. Uh, you know who else was uncomfortable uh, in this matchup? That would be uh, uh, Rick Porcello. He put up negative one over two starts on the week. How sad is that? He also set the record for most losses this year. 17. You mean Rick A.L. Cy Young Award winner Porcello? <laughs> Did, was Wesley, like, aware that this was happening? Because he didn't make any pickups, and only had five starts. Like, I feel like Ian Ian had a good week, but I feel like he's the only one in the vase who was, like, aware of the vase. I'm just looking at, this is completely unrelated, but I'm just looking at Rick Porcello's picture on ESPN right now, and what the fuck is with the two dots on his forehead? Does this matter about, like, some it. kind of black oh, plague shit? Yeah. 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 yeah, I see that. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you guys heard way back about the Brad Mills thing, but, like, clearly ESPN doesn't give a shit about the pictures they put up. I didn't hear about this. Please tell me the story. Okay. Well, if you go click on Brad Mills, the former Blue Jays pitcher, you get Brad Mills, the seven-year-old bench coach for the Cleveland They're the Indians. same person, don't you know? <laughs> Shapeshifter. I I do not know. I don't know if they fix this. I'm gonna look. Clearly, ESPN could only afford to license the outtakes from Pitchers Day. They have not fixed this. So if you click or you go search Brad Mills on ESPN, you will get seven-year-old Brad Mills. Why would you want to own Brad Mills? Brad Mills is just a faceless man. Um, but about this whole Wesley thing, like, <laughs> sorry, since, I just saw the picture. Since you guys are, <laughs> since you guys are all league administrators, like, has Wesley earned the right to own his team next year? It's undecided. Uh, at some, it doesn't. It's not looking good for Wesley's long term future. But we're not sure if he is going to be replaced this season or in a later year. Yeah. We're generally, like, for, if possible, for owners who are not really active, but we think they have some kind of benefit to keeping them in the league, we'd like to keep them as, like, co-owners. But I don't know if there's really a natural fit with Wesley and someone else. I mean, my else. thought was to replace Varun with Wesley, because Varun obviously doesn't contribute to anything in this league anymore. Like, Michael <sighs> doesn't talk to him, and he's not even in the league group on Facebook. Um, so... I think that that's a a decent fit. Yeah, actually, we replaced Varun with Max, and Max never accepted his invite <laughs> oh, email yeah, to join yeah, Kaminsky's team. <laughs> so, so I mean, eventually that sure. will be that will probably be Wesley's path. We also fair enough. Have, 
I like how we always give Michael new co-owners without consulting him at all. But if anyone uh, listening to this has someone who they want as a co-owner, like outside the league, we're happy to like let co-owners in. Like next year, I I don't know, Nick, do you have a co-owner announcement that you want to make? I mean, no, I'm going to save it. I'm going to do it properly later on. Does that okay, mean there's uh, going to be a video? Uh, maybe, or perhaps a press conference. Damn. I'm looking forward to seeing the Mama Teresa's branded background. <laughs> Thanks for the free content idea. Do we have an update on the bracket results yet, or what do you mean? Oh, I, I'm, I'll update them. I'll update them right now, actually. Because I'm pretty sure I had the finals. I, I definitely picked you and I to be in the final. While he does that, do you guys know who plays this week? Is it just the finals of the Europa? Everybody plays. And the, the championship? Uh, the only people who sh- don't play or, like, it doesn't matter is the people in the Yeah, vase. so we, we can't because give we... them buys. They'll still be in a matchup, but it won't count towards anything. Yeah. But everyone else is playing for their, like, final position. So, for example, like, because Jeremiah lost in the first round, he could finish anywhere between 5th and 8th. But then because he won this consolation matchup, he's now going to play Chris Kennedy for fifth. And if he loses, he'd come sixth. And it's like exactly the same for Europa, but you just got to like figure it out. If you look at the once Adam like updates the matchups to make sure they're correct. If you look at the playoff tree or the playoff bracket on ESPN, it will show you like what place you're playing for, basically. Okay, so I have updated the playoff predictor standings you can go check them now um cam is in the lead with 1100 points followed by ian stadelman at 1050 and garth mckinnis at 1000 i don't think i can win you could if you if you have the like every um champion and cam doesn't have one of them then you could Uh nope, I have me winning, so that's not <laughs> happening. But I, but I, I have Chow in the Europa, and I had Ian for the vase. Anyone who's like not a moron had Ian for the vase. Yeah, so Chow has to beat. Uh, well, Richard Tillo's not making it, but Chow could win. With that said, I don't think I had Ian for the vase. <laughs> well, there you go. Yep, Lim. Good pick. I think I also had Lim. The takeaway here is that we are morons. Which I guess isn't very surprising. I mean I, I have I have the Europa and Championship Finals correct, which I assume is yeah, that's all my points basically. Did we lose Nick? Uh, no. Probably too busy playing Candy Crush. This has happened before on podcasts. 
Is there anything else you want to talk about before we preview next week's matchups? Um, you guys riff on something. I have to go check on something. I'll be right back. All right, Jeremiah. What do you want the Blue Jays to do in the offseason? And don't say rebuild. <laughs> Given that the Blue Jays are not going to rebuild and trying to compete, what do you want them to do? I would like them to sign J.D. Martinez. I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be nice. It would be nice. Um, let me think off the top of my head. I mean, they're not going to get like you, Darvish, or anybody like of consequence pitching-wise, right? Is Granderson a free agent? I kind of think he is, and he seems like someone who would be affordable and better than Jose Batista. Yeah, I mean, there's no way Jose Batista's coming back, right? I would, like, in theory, I think they could re-sign him for a couple million to play like a part-time role in right field, but I don't think that he would agree to a part-time role, and there's no way in hell you want him, like, full-time. Because, like, even if you think he can hit, he still can't play defense. Yeah, and they have enough players that they can, like, rotate through the DH, right? Like Tulo and Martin and Donaldson, who are old and need the DH. Um, yeah, I basically feel like like Morales is a DH, Jose is a DH, and, like, Steve Pierce can play a couple positions, but, like, he's not really great at any of them. It would be nice to have, like, real outfielders. I, I don't really want to see Steve Pierce on the roster next year. Like, I don't really think he does anything. He's cheap. I mean, like, he's probably not harmful as a bench bat. Yeah, well, that's that's fine. Yeah. Half the year. But, like, who? I, the problem is, who are they going to get, right? Like, they're not going to be in the market for the elite guys, so. I assume they're going to, like, re-sign Estrada. I, I, I just think they're not going to make the playoffs again, and we're going to be in this whole scenario again. They'll be again, competing for like, a wild card. But, I mean, this is the direction they're going. Whether you like it or not, they're trying to keep taking a shot at the wild card while they wait for enough young people to come up to make them good again. So I really, I really, really don't want to see Darwin Barney again. Darwin Barney's so bad, man. I don't care if he was four for four today, like him and Goins like hit like shit. Yeah. Like imagine looking down the bench and the only bats you have are Ryan Goins and Darwin Barney. Well, I mean, the Jays have a decent number of young guys who might make it up full time next season. Uh, but since Nick is apparently gone, yeah. let's just move on and talk about the finals. We can start with the Europa League finals. Uh, Chow versus Jatish. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I guess we already sort of talked about it a little bit, but... I feel like Jatish is more engaged. than I, I know like Chow is definitely trying here, but you know that Jatish is like really really trying to win this so I, I think his like he's really gonna be watching his team closely and his team has been really really good recently so i think he's definitely i, I still believe in my 100 point margin but like there's no way he isn't the favorite i will say that i'm really looking forward to the team name that he comes up with next week uh his name so far in the playoffs have just been like really great milf hunter pence level names <laughs> yeah that was that was a classic do you remember the time when the the time we like slept at Jatish's house and yes. it was really hot and then we kept changing his team name and logo to that like adult man <laughs> in a diaper and he kept getting like, really mad at us? I I didn't remember I didn't think that that was the same night. I thought we just did that like at UW. But yeah, I, I do remember that. We we didn't change I don't remember changing his team name to that. I remember changing his Facebook profile picture to that. 
if you could, I, I've looked for that picture and I can't find it. But if you can find it, I will like league manager changes logo. I don't to think that. I have a copy <laughs> of it, but I'll look for it. <laughs> That's bullying, and we should not support this. I mean, okay, it's literally the first a... image that comes up when you search "man in diaper." I don't know how you weren't able to find this. Okay, Is well, well, yeah, well you guys look at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that baby man sitting on the floor aside, Jathish should win this matchup. His team is better. He, like, will get a Robbie Ray start. Miguel Sano might come back, so... I'm going to go with Chow here. Um, you know, you got to respect the Flexbox family, and also, I just don't like Jathish, so... That's harsh. That's the truth. I, I don't like to beat around the bush. <clears throat> uh, so let's talk about the big kahuna right now. Me versus Cam. Yeah. Yeah, so Nick Nick has some questions for you guys that he just typed to me. So I'm going to ask you each one tough question right. while we preview this. Okay? So I will start with Flex. <laughs> I'm just telling you what he wrote. Nick wants to know, are you embarrassed to be <laughs> in the finals this season, given that your team was so much better than last year than this year? <laughs> That's I don't terrible. understand the question. Uh, I'll rephrase. Are you... Like, basically, he's saying that, like, are you... Am I, am I embarrassed that I made like, this year instead of last year? Yeah, like, he believes your team was better last year. I mean, year I, don't, I don't think that there's any substantial margins so about you, that. Clearly, my team was better last year. I set a record for points in a season. I scored literally a 1,100 so, more points yeah, last so year than I did this year. But no, it's not embarrassing. Well, I don't understand why it would be embarrassing. I mean, it was definitely a huge disappointment to not make it to the finals last year. But making it to the finals this year is an independent event that does not affect my level of embarrassment over my results from last year. So, like, my, my question, I guess, my other question to you is, like, what has to go right for you to win? Um, other than the obvious. I mean, my pitchers need to be hot. Preferably, my batters would also be hot. Um, I think that I'm, I don't really have a lot of confidence in my batters right now, to be honest. It would be really nice if Danny Duffy came back from the DL to give me a start. Um, but I do have my starts lined up pretty well for me. Um, I think during the regular season, I only went over seven starts once or twice. And I've been doing it pretty frequently in the playoffs. Or I did this weekend. I'm going to do it this upcoming week. So, um, you know, I have my lineup set up as best as I can. And it's just going to come down to whichever team is hot, you know. So, so you're not worried at all that like you blew a Strasburg like double start week I mean, already? That's, that's out of my control. It's not. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I needed those starts to win this matchup. You, so I, I, I don't have any regrets about the way that things played out. And I mean, Cam hasn't been. If I'm being honest, Cam hasn't been putting up huge point totals so far in the playoffs. So I'm not really. I'm like I, I don't. Well, he could put up over 300 on me. I don't expect him to. 
And as a result, I think that I have some leeway here. I mean, I mean that's fair. Um, Cam, switching over to you. Are you ready for your tough question? Hit me. So <laughs> I'll try to phrase this exactly how Nick wrote it. Does it feel bad knowing... <laughs> oh, God. Your, your only ever success in fantasy baseball has come by violating the rules. Okay, so... First of all, before answering this question, I'd just like to acknowledge that I'm very happy that the championship is going to stay within Scarborough-born members of the league. It's very important that people who are from places other than Scarborough win championships as rarely as possible. Um, it's not my fault that everyone else in this league is, like, stupid and, like, apparently can't do math. Like, an, an anonymous owner has told me on multiple occasions... Actually, he's not anonymous. It's just Jamil. Has been like, oh, I can't make this trade with you because then my team won't have enough stolen bases. Like, what? Like, it's points. There's not Roto. So, I, I don't feel bad that everyone else is, like, kind of an idiot. <laughs> That's a very harsh take, but a fair one nonetheless. Um, I guess my, my follow-up question then, because I gave Flex one, is Flex has put up more points than you in back-to-back -back weeks, so... Are you concerned at all that your team is not hitting its stride at the right time? I generally, like, don't really believe in hot streaks and cold streaks. Like, I kind of think it's basically just, like, random. Like, so, like especially for hitters, at least. Like, what they're going to do week to week. But I have a lot of confidence in my team. Because, uh, as I need to remind everyone, this season was cursed for Flex Fox. In February of this year, a... KKK leader was found dead with his body floating in the river and his wife and stepson apparently murdered him. So I took this as an omen that this would be a bad season for Adam. And I still believe that this is the case. I combat this with the spirit well, of Jose I Fernandez mean, who has been leading me all season and will continue to lead me this season. And I would like to bring out some insider information here. Cam has told me and Jatish that there are only two teams that he is afraid of, and one of those teams is me. So, it is it is worth noting that in my history in the league, I have I, I lost the only time I played flex in the playoffs, but I've also lost in the first round, lost in the semifinals, won the championship, but I've never lost in the finals. Which means that this seems like a good opportunity to hit for the cycle of playoff outcomes. And I believe I would be the first person to do this. Well, you know what? If I'm if I'm breaking the tie here, and honestly, I I feel like it's you might as well flip a coin. I'm gonna t if I was a betting man, I'll toss my money behind Cam. Um, but I'm not very confident in that prediction. But I am confident that Cam will get a ridiculous amount of starts. So I'll go. Yeah, with my starts my starts don't line up super duper well. But like I just. Injuries have just kind of screwed me up. Like uh, Paxton, I think I'm going to get him back for a start at least, but it's not helpful that he's been injured. And Jimmy Nelson like had a season-ending injury because he was like running the bases and sliding like an idiot. But the the Brewers, for some reason, refused to put him on the disabled list. So the odds are I'm going to drop Jimmy Nelson at some point in this matchup. So whoever has first waiver priority, like please enjoy. Wow, wow. well... Piece of insider information. And speaking of insider information, Nick wants everyone to know 
that uh, there will be daily episodes of this show running this week as we follow along this intense rivalry. So if you are interested in hosting and being a part of the show, please message Nick on Slack or Facebook because there are a lot of positions to be filled and you don't want to hear my voice for six days this week, right? Correct. So please fill the slots. I would like to call on the rest of our league members to join me in cyberbullying flex. (laughs) Just a a barrage, a blizzard of frightening and disgusting Snapchat messages. I was expecting you to come up with other words that started with B. Well... Uh, Ryan, for all that times the that you send Snapchats to Flex, yeah, me and Ryan are like <laughs> and best friends on Snapchat, and we hate each other outside of Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, so for all those Snapchats, Ryan, that ended up on League website or content or Slack. If this anyone is needs time. my Snapchat for this, it is either Flex Fox or just Flex Fox. Wow. Well, there you go, guys. Some insider content. Flex the Snapchat. Cam's going to drop Jimmy Nelson. What more can you ask for in a finals preview? Um, I would say we should preview the other matchups, but do they really matter? We shouldn't preview do the other. Care? The finals are the only ones that matter. We shouldn't preview the others. Okay. All right. Well, uh, in that case, for Nick Penner, for myself, for these two finalists... Um, Have a good night and good fantasy.